When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Launches deep. Jalen Guyton. He's got it. Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17-yard line. Look out again. Carr intercepted. And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lawrence, at LAC Master Bowl. I got Zach Alfers here with me at Zach Alfers. Padres made the playoffs. I, see I know. I Padres hat. I had to. I don't know how long we're going to be in these playoffs, but uh, I'm happy we made it. Just the seventh time in franchise history. Um, I'm happy. Uh, I'm excited. I have not been paying any attention really since the Tatis news came out. I've just been so off-put by the baseball they've been playing. Um, it's a super let down all season and took away, took took a break, and uh, now it's October. Anything can change. Uh, got a tough task in the Mets, but, um, hey, I had to represent. Hey, let's go, though. We're Padres back in the playoffs where they should be. I'll They're too it. talented of a team. They, they were making me a little nervous toward the beginning of the month. Very nervous. Uh, let's talk about some football, the Chargers and the Texans. Uh, overall, I think that the Chargers came out hot. They came out real hot, uh, got out to a 27-7 lead at one point, and then managed to let the Texans back into the game just about uh, before putting it away kind of in the closing minutes. We have a lot to talk about with this game. I think yeah. where you got to start is Jamari Sawyer at left oh, yeah. tackle. What a phenomenal performance. Sixth round draft pick. Nobody expected him to come out and really just play the way he did. He was PFF's highest graded pass blocker uh, in week four and is at the top, the very, very top after one game in terms of all the stats. I want to say it was like a 90.4 offensive grade. What an outstanding performance by our rookie left tackle. And I kind of want to get your thoughts like, what is the probability you think that he just takes over the right tackle position next season? Or 
gets slotted in at right tackle over Trey Pipkins if Rayshon Slater does, in fact, come back this season. They did leave a IR uh, designated to return later, probably much, much later, maybe more of a playoff push. What are your chances of Jamari Sawyer actually just taking that spot? Uh, it's tough, right? Because it, it, it's tough because uh, Trey, I think, has played very well. Um, Sawyer, absolutely dominant, didn't allow a single pressure um, in his first NFL action, didn't really play a whole lot of tackle even throughout the preseason, right? It wasn't something we were really even giving him a chance to to show us what he could do there. Um, so very unexpected from Sawyer's performance. I, I, I really want to get in the mind of, of this coaching staff because I really don't know what their long-term projection is um, because I think you have a couple options. You can have put Sawyer, see how he does with starting minutes at the right tackle. Um, but I think you also have a, a, a glaring hole there at the left guard position that used to be very, very strong in Matt Filer. Um, he's an older guy who's kind of declining, who also has tackle versatility. So I don't know. Um, it, 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 it's going to be a tough one. I, I think there's a definite chance. I think you're going to hear the coach speak early in the off season. We're going to let our guys play. Um, but I think you have several different options. I think you could put him at le- back at left guard. Um, have Filer be kind of our, our rotational swing tackle type of guy. Um, or you could just roll the dice, let Filer kind of prove himself. Cause he is a proven vet. I think he's just kind of stumbling out the gate. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of options. Um, I think he deserves to play is my point. Um, find a position for this kid to play because he's an absolute baller. It, it, it's so funny. We, what we took two years trying to reconstruct this offensive line and absolutely nailed um, our, our three picks with between Slater, uh, Zion Johnson, and now Sawyer joining the mix. Um, give me two more years of this, and we're going to have a, a dominant offensive line. Uh, I don't know the chances of him starting at right tackle, but you need to find a place for this kid to play starting minutes. He's been just way too good in just one game, and, and the fact that he hasn't played – tackle since the college football playoff last year didn't play it at yeah. all during camp they didn't even think that that was going to be a possibility and then for them to go out there and just go you know what we don't trust storm norton let's go ahead and throw the rookie out there and just let's just see how he does it's not a very dominant defensive line with the texans sure um so i i thought it was like a a really good game for him to just build confidence because he's going to be going up against the best of the best, uh, Miles Garrett, next week. And yeah. you build up his confidence. He's he's on a high right now. He has to be. We'll see how he ends up playing against Miles Garrett. We'll talk more about that here in a little bit. Uh, I also want to touch on the fact that you just talked about Matt Filer. Really, that's kind of the biggest hole on this roster right now. And he's an established veteran, way too good to be – to be even so, he's got the most pressures allowed of any offensive lineman in the NFL. 13 hurries, 15 pressures. He's given up only one sack, one hit, but he has not been very good in pass protection and he has not been good against the run either. Uh, in the run game, either he's been letting guys get across his face. Yeah, what is going on with Matt Filer here? You know what? Um, Don't have a good answer for you. I know he's not playing good football, and it's something I don't think anyone really expected. That was like a lock, right? Like our left side of the line to Corey Lindsley, 
that's going to be dominant for us. It was last year. Um, obviously, Slater went down, but Filer has, has been a shell of himself. I don't know if it's age catching up to him um, or what. Uh, maybe, you know, yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm making excuses for the guy. He needs to play better. I, I bet he would tell you the same thing if he would uh, bless us to come on this podcast and talk for himself. But um, I, I don't know. I don't recognize the guy. Uh, I, I think he's just kind of stumbling, kind of having – a rough start. What, and I think it kind of reflects on, you know, the whole, whole, this whole charger team right now is, is kind of hot and cold. And so maybe he's just, you know, kind of waiting it out, trying to figure out, I, th- I think there's a lot of figuring it out who this team wants to be. I think we thought we had a direction of where we we're going last season. Um, kind of for whatever reason, not, Sticking to the script, uh, I guess you could say, this season. Still figuring some things out. So maybe it's just a lot of new for him. Um, I, I don't know. I'm right now just making excuses because what I'm seeing does not – is unrecognizable from the guy we saw last year who played really, really well. This is kind of interesting. So of the players that have played a minimum of 50% of the total snaps uh, at offensive guard – your worst three graded offensive players is Liam Eichenberg, Matt Filer, and Lakin Tomlinson. And then you, as I'm looking at this, this is also some kind of interesting. So Matt Filer's offensive grade is 39.8, which is absolutely horrendous. But the, 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 the worst graded players, they're all left guards <laughs> from, from Liam Eichenberg down to – uh, Cordell Valson, there's nine players are at the bottom of the list. They're all on the left side, which is a little interesting. I don't, I'm not really looking too much into it, but Lakin Tomlinson is another player that's on there. That's a little strange to see him there because he is an outstanding guard. What is, what is up with the slow starts here from, from some of these position guys? It's just a funky year. I mean, I, I think you've seen, uh, and I'm kind of equating it to the, the NBA because, NBA every offseason has just this tremendous flip of talent, uh, superstar going to another team and vice versa, just a tremendous swapping of talent. And so it takes about a quarter of the season for teams to kind of get in rhythm, especially those guys who go out and acquire superstars, try to figure out how to put them in a rotation. We've seen something similar this year in the NFL. That offseason was crazy. Lots of power shifts, lots of all pro changing coast, changing teams, changing divisions, moving within the division, a lot of acquisition. So a lot of new, um, you got the giants at three and one, you got the dolphins at three and one, a lot of just stuff that we weren't expecting. Um, the, the Patriots at one and three, like there's a lot, it's just a weird funky year. And I think it has a lot to do with that off season with a lot of bodies switching and changing teams, changing schemes, changing coaching staff. Um, so I think it's just a response to a crazy off season. The left guards need to figure it out though. Um, that, that is, that's interesting that you bring that up, but those, those first two guys you, you got sandwiched in, in, in front of and behind Filer are all very young guys. So I think that's a little worrisome. The position groups obviously having a tough time, but those young guys, you'd expect it from a, a veteran like Matt Filer, you'd, Expect him to be a little more resilient, be able to handle change like this. At least um, average, at, at best, or at, at worst, yeah. average. So I don't know. I, right now, that is the weakness of this offensive line. It's affecting the run game pretty significantly. Uh, he's letting yeah. guys just get through him and in, into his gap. It's just not 
what you would expect to see from, from Matt Filer. It's just so strange to see. Um, going back to the Chargers game, uh, your top three offensive graded players, Jamari Sawyer, Michael Bandy, who had an outstanding just two catches at the end of the first half, allowed them those. to kind of get uh, up into field goal range and, and get some extra points at the end of the game. And then Justin Herbert had another great game. Uh, he had a 72.9, couple impressive throws, uh, almost had an interception, which didn't look all that great. But in the end, came through with his seventh consecutive 300-yard road game. That's pretty incredible. He's going to have a chance to go and break that record this week against the Browns. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. But what did you think of the, the game, how he came out, uh, and kind of what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, love the start. I mean, who, are you going to tell – you're never going to not say no to a, a 20-something lead out of the gate. Um, but I think it just – it's a reoccurring theme now with the Staley team. We start hot. We can play two and a half, three quarters of really good football um, and let teams who, who have no business competing with us back in the game. Um, and we were talking about it last week when we had Gabby on. I want to bury some teams and we got out. It looked like we were rolling. Um, halftime is just an absolute killer for us. Uh, every momentum, we every bit of momentum we seem to build up in that first half kind of just dies uh we were lucky we were able to pull it out in the fourth but um that second half performance is not an effort or a a level of production that you're going to need to knock off the chiefs on the afc uh top of the afc west or to beat playoff teams deep when we get into january december time so uh, i'm glad we got a texans it, i'm glad we got the texans in this time frame uh, i it was starting to get kind of bleak there, two straight losses. Um, a third would probably be really brutal at this point in the year. Got back in the win column, so that's good. I love the start. Need to start figuring out how to finish teams. Um, and I think – and how we figure that out, I, I really don't know um, because I love the first half Chargers. Love it. I'll watch it all day. Second half Chargers, it is a letdown. You could hear it in my voice as soon as I said second half Chargers. All air came out of my chest. Um, they need to finish teams, man. Yeah, so the other thing we got to talk about, the Chargers run game, uh, 27 carries, 81 yards, 3.0 per, per average. But that is not good enough. No. Yeah, we, we got over what we've been doing like recently, but there's still a lot of plays getting stopped in the backfield. Austin Eckler had two rushing touchdowns on the game, and they were long runs, like 20 – uh, 15, 20 yard gains, making guys miss. Uh, Joshua Kelly still hasn't been getting very many carries overall. Uh, they went to Sonny Michelle quite a bit in the second half. Yeah. Uh, they gave him six carries. He ended up with 11 yards. Granted, those carries were to move the chains. I, I want to say like three or four of them went for first downs, but the run game against the worst run defense in the NFL is yeah. still not getting to where it needs to be. And there's still a long season left to go. Is it the offensive line? Is it the running backs? It was nice to see Austin Eckler get back involved into the run, in, into the, he had three touchdowns. Like that's outstanding production, yeah. but it's not consistent production. Splash plays are great here and there, but we need to be consistently better in the run game. And I think it's affecting our play calling overall. Teams are sitting back into coverage. They're not afraid. There, there's no, no threat on the ground. 
I'll give up 27 carries for 81 yards any day of the week. That's not yeah. a bad stat line, especially because outside of a couple splash plays, Austin Eckler's two touchdown runs. Uh, I want to say that was about it in terms of like gr- good, good yardage there. I mean, we're right. just not consistent enough in the run game and it's really affecting the offense overall. Justin Herbert's not going for 340 yards where this is a much closer game where we're losing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think partial uh, a part of that is, is the injuries on the offensive line. Um, but more than that, the, the fact that we haven't been able to see all three of our tight ends play in this game who are very pivotal to the run game. Trey McKitty has been banged up. Uh, we haven't seen Donald Parham. Who's also very effective in that. Uh, Gerald Everett's been playing well, but I, I think Parham and and McKitty are just much better blockers than they are. I, I, I and they're so pivotal in Lombardi's scheme on being able to to move the ball effectively. Now, what I will say about the run game is it wasn't as effective as I'd like to see, but at least we ran the ball. At least we made the Texans they and they made their plays, but at least we made them think. There's a possibility of us running. This first couple of those first three weeks, we ran the ball to the same kind of production and then went away from it. It was just all pass. At least we actually ran the ball. It wasn't the yardage we wanted, but that opened up the pass act, the play action a lot better than it did the first three weeks. Um, still got to be productive. And once we get that run game kind of flowing the way this pass offense is, watch out. We're going to be putting up 50 points a game. Um, this offense will be very explosive once we can get this run game going i think it's just a matter of time i think guys are hungry i think we're getting some bodies back that are going to help especially the parums when getting mckitty back full fully healthy um but but i think health right now is is a really big deterrent for this team because it seems like every time we're going to get a piece back um you know now we see gerald everett on on the um on the injury report for this this year when we're expecting Parham to be back we were expecting to be full strength and, and then and and now we're going to go in a man down so I think it's just the nature of the game um but it, it's just frustrating when when you're a team who wants to run the football who has quality players to be able to do that it's just not working out the way you'd like it. so as a fan that's it's super frustrating to see week in and week out Gerald Everett's been phenomenal in his he's first great. couple of games. Like he's been really, really. I don't think people understand the difference from Jared Cook to Gerald Everett. Baller. And he, I know he was listed on the injury report with a hamstring injury. I'll talk about that in a sec. I'm not sure how serious it is because he finished the game. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Mike Williams had 11 targets, seven reception, 120 yards. It's nice to see him rolling, get him moving. Mm-hmm. But Derek Stingley. Uh, was injured he had a cast on his arm and he was playing through which is great to see but I think a lot of the production that he was seeing was the fact that Derek Stingley's not able to get his arm in there (laughs) those were contested catches for the most part you had the one catch and run 50 yard long uh Chargers got caught them caught the Texans defense in, in a really bad zone situation Mike Williams is all by himself you take that 50 yards out, seven for, you know, 70 yards or six for 70 yards. Most of that production was on one play, uh, but still contested catches. Uh, Austin Eckler is still getting six receptions, 49 yards. We'll take that. Michael Bandy had his two. 
but most of the passing game went through Mike Williams and Gerald Everett. And it's, I don't know if Keenan Allen is going to be coming back because he still didn't practice yesterday. Uh, Keenan Allen didn't practice today. He's got tomorrow to get a, at least limited practice. And I don't think Keenan Allen's coming in this game. So I think we're going to run with the same type of situation we've been running with since, you know, week two, it's going to be DeAndre Carter. It's going to be Gerald Everett. If Gerald Everett gets healthy, uh, he didn't practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. I still think he's going to be good to go. Um, in terms of the rest of the injury report, uh, Justin Herbert was a full practice. Dustin Hopkins came up with a quadricep yeah. on his kicking leg. Uh, the Chargers did sign a free agent castaway, basically is what he is. He's He's been on since 2016. I want to say he's been on like five or six different practice squads. Not really super stoked about that. Uh, the only other player that found himself on the injury report that's somewhat concerning is Joshua Palmer. So the Chargers are banged up in the wide receiver room with Keenan Allen, yeah. um, Josh Palmer. You got Gerald Everett, who is listed on the injury report. You got Trey McKitty, who is still a full participant, but he's dealing with the quad issue. Kyle Van Noy's got a back injury. He was a full practice, and then it looks like Donald Parham's making his way back. Overall, though, you were talking about it. Like, the injuries are concerning. Uh, they're starting to pile up a little bit. It seems like as we're, you know – Getting back to health, um, it's just not quite fast enough, and we're getting hit with other things as we're starting to get a little more healthy. Uh, one thing that I did kind of want to note, our cornerback, J.C. Jackson, is not listed on the injury report. but He, he, he I, looked phenomenal on Sunday. I mean, he gave up one touchdown? No, that wasn't this week. I, I, don't, I don't remember him really I thought he much. played really well. I thought, I thought that he... Sante Samuel played really well. Sante Samuel is the player that stood out to me. What a player, by the way. He's a little guy. I think he's like 5'10", 190 pounds, and he made some really incredible tackles on Sunday. Um, a lot of tackles out in space. I think that the Chargers actually came out and actually put out like a little highlight film of him making some tackles with Derwin James talking him up, uh, which is kind of a good segue. Let's talk about this Chargers defense. Mm-hmm. Outside the one big run, the the 75-yard touchdown, I thought overall they played really well. They were getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Kenneth Murray. K9 had a game. Drew Tranquil is just the, the the what do you call it, the backstop back there. 11 tackles that game, uh, racking them up. Derwin was all over the place. Two pass deflections in the backfield. Uh, getting um, – who else do, stood out to me? Sante Samuel had a hell of a game. Nas Adderley finally comes down with a pick. I, I hope that kind of sparks some confidence into a young player kind of just trying to find his way in the league. Uh, Khalil Mack gets home for a sack. Morgan Fox, I thought, had a really good game. And then um, a guy I know you have had a lot of beef with. I, I thought Tillery, for while he was in the game, played one of his, his better games. Um he graded 92.7 for a defensive grade. He had the one strip sack, which was just a huge that hit. That was huge. That was huge. Chargers couldn't capitalize, couldn't recover it. I'm still not that impressed. Uh, uh, <laughs> you take a couple of those plays out, it wasn't that impressive. 
I just I thought he I thought he had a decent game. Um, I thought he had a decent game, but I I really do think you you this it's defense. It's the Texans. Like I'm not yeah. that impressed. That's fine. That's fine. We'll see. We'll see. We, Kenyon we, Green is not playing very well right now, so it's <laughs> it's not it's not a product of his ability as much as it is being a fourth year player going up against a rookie. Fine, but it's positive. Like how negative? It's would positive. You... I'll take the positive. I'm still not impressed. If he didn't go home for that sack and he didn't have a 90 grade, you'd be saying the exact same thing as a, as a knock against him. He didn't perform against a good team, so at least okay, he made performing against a bad team. All right, he made his plays. He still only played 26 total snaps in good. the game, but which I, is fine. I, I, 21 I of those were pass rushing. That's my snaps. point. Is that he looked good doing what he does well. Um, which is getting after the quarterback as a three tech. Yeah. But he did not, he did not get involved in the run game. He wasn't even involved because he was he, he only played, played a, five run running snaps. Well, and that's good. I mean, and that's why we that's spent, his knock, right? But, that, but that's why we spent 70 mil on a defensive line. Like that's not his job. We got guys to help affect that. Sebastian Joseph day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox is a beast. This guy needs to come back and play more football in the powder blue. Uh, I am a big Morgan Fox fan. Um, I, yeah, I think that defense was kind of all over the place, ma- it, making it, plays all over the field. Um, you, you get into it, like Asante Samuel was targeted eight times, gave up three receptions uh, for 43 yards. I'll take that all day. And he was lined up against Brandon Cooks all game. And he played himself pretty well against Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks had himself a day. I want to say he had... How many receptions did Brandon Cooks have? Seven receptions, 57 yards. So most of it was all short stuff, had the one touchdown. Uh, And he was targeted seven times. So he was making every single opportunity that he had coming through. And he's really like the lone star on this Texans offense. Uh, Even Laramie Tunsil hasn't been playing up to par. But the defense, I think that the defense is coming together pretty well. I don't want to be giving up 24 points a game. No, but against the Texans, but I, I think that the, I'm not worried is, is kind of where I'm getting at. I'm really not worried about how the Chargers are performing on defense. No, Any I closing remarks on this uh, this game before we get into the Browns? Just that it was a good building block. Nowhere near where I'd like to see them, and I'm nowhere near where I think they want to be. Um, but I thought it was a good building block. They took strides to get to where – uh, we need to be, which is a playoff football, a Super Bowl contending team. Um, and we're getting very, very close. I'm excited. Bring on the Browns. Let's talk about it. And I think the Browns is going to be a really, really tough matchup. Tough. When you think about it, like they have some stars. You talk about Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Amari Cooper. And then they have the absolute best offensive line in the NFL. Uh, Jedrick Wills, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin. And then their uh, Ethan Pocket. I don't know how to say his name. And then defensively, Miles Garrett is where it starts, and he's coming back from his car accident. Jeremiah Wosu-Kormoa, Denzel Ward. That's right. I forgot he got in a car accident. He did, and he is back this week. He's fresh, really, if you think about it. He's such an animal. Go ahead. He is. But really, the the strength of this team is on the offensive line. Uh, And I think that they're like – they play old school football. They pull every single player off the line 
They pull him into this gap scheme, and everybody's coming over. And when you got Nick Chubb, who's able to squeeze through the tiniest of holes, he gets upfield, he breaks tackles. Uh, but then you got this really athletic offensive line who can get out in space and get to the linebackers. They can get to the safeties. This is going to be the, the the toughest matchup yet for this the interior defensive line we constructed during the offseason. Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Austin Johnson, they're going to earn their paycheck this week. That's their whole reason they were brought in was to prevent this really, really good um, offensive line. And what we need to do is we need to stay really, really disciplined to our gaps if we're going to be effective this game. And the Browns, they run so much off of their run game. They run a lot of play action, misdirection off of it. They like to throw tight end screens. They really, really like to use the threat of their run game to set up their pass. And I think that they have a really, really good play calling system that comes out of their runs. Um, you're, you're talking about like the premier run offense in the history of the National Football League. Like this is as good as it absolutely gets. You got two running backs who can slice and dice. Uh, they got power. They got speed. They got agility. And they're very, very extinctive runners. I think that Kareem Hunt could be a starter for 25 teams in, in this league, and he is their backup. That's insane. It's absolutely insane. And if the Chargers are going to have any success, it's going to be in that $70 million that they spent on the interior of the defensive line. That's the whole reason we spent all that money there. Now we got to prove it. Now we got to see did, did we bring in the right pieces? And is Jerry Tillery going to play a single snap? He might not. Um, this is not a good matchup for Tillery. But talking about the defensive line, I think they played very I think the defensive line defending the run, they're playing very much I think they're a lot better than our, our defensive line uh last season. Now I really think the the, the issue here is the second and, and the third level against the run. I think the, the linebacking core has played okay. I feel like these big runs are sprung because the secondary is not finishing, wrapping up in open field, and that's going to be huge because these guys do not go down on first contact much. We are going to need multiple hats to the football. We are going to need to swarm like you started to see it in that Texans game. This isn't a, oh, fill your gap, you got it, take Chubb to the ground kind of game. This is don't don't have trust in that guy go finish the tackle yourself if you're in pursuit you got to get over there this is going to be three to four guys on the ball carrier at all times type of game and that's the kind of effort that we're going to need to to slow these guys down because i do not want to get in the firefight that we did last year now that was fun we were in attendance i don't want this game to have a hundred total points i i do not i don't think it's a good i i think yeah i i think you slow them down and the way you do that it is effort to the football and you do not stop until you hear that whistle and you're confident that that whistle has been blown and that guy's on the ground. So their tight ends and the running backs of this offense make up 70% of their total yardage. They get everything through the ground and they get everything out of play action. And their only other real threat, Amari Cooper makes up the other 30% of that offense almost. You talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones, Harrison Bryant. They'll get a couple targets here and there, 
But really, if, if it's not a tight end and it's not a running back, it's Amari Cooper. And that's really their entire game plan. Amari Cooper hasn't been super, super successful either. Uh, 66% compl- completion rate when he was targeted. That's not all that great overall. Uh, they do get Harrison Bryant involved in, in the past game. It's not in Joku. It's, it's Harrison Bryant. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, not really the, the biggest threat. Also only a 54% completion rate when, when targeted. It's all running backs, tight ends, and Amari Cooper. And this this uh, this pass blocking unit, this offensive line is ranked fourth in the NFL. So when they're not running the ball, they're being effective at keeping the quarterback clean, which is why Jacoby Brissett has played so well. We are very, very, very lucky that it's Jacoby Brissett and not Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah, no, um, you're right. Because if you think about just the the pass catching options. It's a very good matchup. You just stick Derwin on Najoku. Uh, let whoever you think has the hot hand, whether that be uh, uh, Samuel or JC, to shadow Amari. And, and what else do you got? So I, I'm not worried about this Browns passing attack. You have to be 100% focused on stopping those the, the two running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, I think that is a luxury. You don't have a lot of teams that are so one-dimensional, especially with the 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 way the rest of those matchups shake out. Like I was saying, I think we are we win every other matchup across the board one on one. And so, what what is the recipe there? Get out to a big lead, force them to abandon the pass. I think that forces Jacoby Brissett's hand, a guy who likes to be patient, um, gonna force him into some some errant throws because he's not the most accurate. Uh, passer of the football um i think that part of it favors the chargers and that's why you beat a deep that's why you build a deep team uh, uh, one dimension one dimensional teams are only going to get you so far and i think that's what you've seen from the browns because they are so unpredictable like just look at the games they played coming out the gate played a really good game to the panthers uh i didn't think that should have been as close as it was but that was a good game I ended up winning that one i thought they dropped a very close game to the Jets, which I thought they should have easily won. Uh, come out and dominate against the Steelers, who are another one of those unpredictable teams. Um, and then dropped a very winnable game last week against the Falcons. So I think that goes back into my point is that this team is very one-dimensional. Now that one dimension is our Chargers defense weakness. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Going over their injury report, Joel Batonio uh, did not practice on Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. Haven Bryant limited, Harrison Bryant limited. Uh, Jadavian Clowney is kind of an X factor for them. Uh, he hasn't practiced in two days in a row, and he has been super, super effective. I'm going to talk about their, their defensive PFF staffs in a sec. Amari Cooper is a full go. Jack, Jack Conklin didn't practice on Wednesday, didn't practice on Thursday. That's another big player for them on the offensive line. Uh, on the interior of their defensive line, Jordan Elliott's been limited. Uh, Miles Garrett's back to practice. I know he's limited, but He's going to play like without any doubt, he's going to play. David Njoku was a full participant. Jeremiah Wosu, Koromoa, really, really good linebacker, safety hybrid player for them. He was limited. And then Denzel Ward was limited as well. Uh, Going over their top graded defensive players, like I said, it starts with Miles Garrett, 91.6. But in the two games, Jadavion Clowney has played. He's been super effective as well. 
Uh, he's got two sacks, six total pressures in those two games, and he's got an 89.2 defensive grade. Uh, they got some other players. Sione Takitaki is a linebacker who's been playing kind of at a similar uh, fashion of uh, our linebacker. Um, I'm blanking on his name. What's our linebacker's name? Which one? Kenneth Murray. Uh, Drew Tranquil. So he's a, he's kind of a similar player. My bad. He's kind of a similar player to Drew Tranquil. He's a really good coverage guy who okay. is better than people expect in, against the run. I think that those two players actually play like a really, really similar game. Uh, I talked about Koromoa. And then they also have probably one of the best and brightest uh, uprising cornerbacks in the NFL. Denzel Ward had a phenomenal interception uh, against the Falcons. Undercuts. Um, uh, their rookie wide receiver. This could be a dangerous unit. We talked about it last year. Like it's a very young defense with very rising young. stars all over the place. So right. Well, and, and it Denzel, is a little nerve wracking to, sure. to to because any player on that defense could have the hot hand that week and make you pay by making a play. So. And it's a dangerous uh, recipe, especially going up against what we thought was going to be a strength or receiving core, which is severely banged up. And I think what you're seeing right now is Keenan Allen is that man. You say what you want. Look at the Chargers offense with him and without him. It is uh, it, it is so far transformed. And the one, what does he do? He can't be guarded one-on-one. You can't stop him. Um, we need that back. We need that guy back so bad. So I really think that this defense, I don't think Keenan Allen is going to play this week. I, I, I just, he, he hasn't gotten to practice. Uh, he came up limping in practice and last play. week and they he decided to keep him out. Yeah. He won't play until he gets a full season or a full week of practicing, whether that be limited, whatever. I don't think he's going to suit up in a game, uh, until he gets a full week of practice. I just think, and that's, I just think that's kind of how Staley likes to operate. You talk about Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, Jeremiah Wosikormoa, Sione Takitaki, Denzel Ward. They also have a really good duo of safeties: Grant Delpit, John Johnson, Greg Newsom's out there. It's a. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is not a bad defense. This is going to be a, a, a much better test. Probably the best defense we've seen coming into you know the fifth week of, of the season overall. And they, they have some superstars there. So it is a little nerve wracking, uh, especially with the health of our offense. We know Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett's a little banged up. Um, it's it's going to be a challenge. So what is kind of your key matchup that you're trying to, to exploit? Hmm. Exploitation matchup. Uh Let's see. I mean, while you're thinking about it, I also kind of wanted to bring this up uh, with our our new left tackle. I'm really excited to see how he plays against Miles Garrett because I think Miles Garrett's going to have his way with him. But I want to know how he responds. How does he compete? It's going to be a matchup I'm watching really, really closely because our the Georgia Bulldogs, man, they just breed athletes and they breed competition 
And you're talking about a player who, you know, saw that Georgia defense every day in practice, and not a single one of those guys is Miles Garrett. But in terms of, like, seeing the best competition week in and week out, Jamari Sawyer has got the best foundation of any rookie offensive lineman in the NFL because he saw those boys every day for practice. He played in the SEC, and he handled his own. He's coming off the Houston game with some confidence. I'm really, really excited to see the Miles Garrett matchup because they're going to line him up over him. It's going to happen. Yeah. A blindside edge rusher? Absolutely. On a rookie six-round draft pick? Absolutely. And I want to know how he responds. That's a matchup I'm not looking to exploit by any means because that's going to go the opposite direction. But I do want to see how does he play in, you know – 40 pass blocking snaps against Miles Garrett. How many does he give up? And I expect him to give up some. I expect every player to give up something to Miles Garrett. But I want to see how he responds and and what the Chargers do to help him. How much are running backs going to be chipping in that direction? So that's going to be something that I think that everybody needs to watch and see how does that that play out. And I think think that's very interesting that you bring that up because – Think about our left tackle matchup last year. It was a real breakout party for Rayshon Slater, who I thought had a phenomenal game against Miles Garrett to the point where, hey, chipping doesn't help me. Stop chipping him. I got it, coach. Like that was that was the the, the all pro in the making right there. Right after week, what was it, four or five last year? Was it week five? We I think it was the year? Browns game last year. It was, but it was early in the season too. I think um, it was week four. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Either way, um, we had a, a coming out party for our left tackle last year. I don't think it is a coming out party per se. I don't think he's going to be as dominant, uh, but I expect him to play well. And I, I agree with you. I, I would like to see him. He's going to get beat once or twice. It's, it, I, I want to see his resilience and how he responds. And to help him out, I think we need. I, I, I think we need to get the ball out quick again. Um, I, I don't want to sit back there and let. Herbert, uh, wait for the deep shot to develop. Um, I, I think the the coverage linebackers that you mentioned, Joku and Taki Taki, are really good. So I'm not really expecting a big game from uh, Eckler. I think he'll get his, but not to the point where I want him to be the focal point. I'm very interested to see how unhealthy or healthy Gerald Everett is um, and how productive Parham can be in his return because we haven't had two legit receiving threats at the tight end position for a while. Uh, I, I like Denzel Ward. I like uh, Grant Delpit. But I think being able to be close to the quarterback, being able to find that soft coverage in the zone, and just getting the ball out of Herbert's hand fast kind of delays that pass rush, kind of prevents them from being able to just pin their ears back and keyhole us in, in key situations. And so I think that's going to be my exploitation matchup get our tight ends going if if gerald everett for whatever reason isn't able to go we're going to need a big showing from parham um but i i really excited to see both of those guys going seeing some double some tight end set or double tight end sets um because i think that's going to be my exploitation i want to put it to the outside because i really respect this defensive those the the cornerbacks themselves between denzel ward uh greg newsome and then they got a young Rookie and Emerson, or Martin Emerson, who I, I think uh, sh- shouldn't be 
shouldn't be slept on. I think he's a good player in the making as well. He is. Martin Emerson actually has played really, really well. I think he's been their slot corner overall um, for them. I know they still have Greg Newsome and Denzel Ward out there. Really, the secondary is actually kind of a strength of this team sure. overall. Grant Delplit has played really well. I know we loved him coming through the draft process. Uh, John Johnson has played exceptionally well as well. Um, I, it makes me wonder, like, you know, how much are we going to try to use our tight ends, try to exploit their secondary because the safeties are good. Safeties They're can good. cover. No. Maybe this is a game you try to run, you know, down the middle. Try to go through Jordan Elliott and Taven Bryan. We could uh, try. We could try. I, I think that we absolutely need to get the run game going. I think it's something that they wouldn't really expect with Justin Herbert's arm. Maybe this is a week that you bring a rookie and give a rookie five carries. Flip the script? I, come on. When are we going to see a Spiller signing? And I am still just waiting for my Josh Kelly breakout game. Uh, so I'm going to switch I'm gonna switch it. I, I'm switching it. I need to see my RB2 show up. I don't care who it is. It, it could be Michelle at this point. I need an RB2 to give that relief to Eckler like we were all expecting them to. We have a much deeper room. I think the the production with Eckler out of the game is, is so important. So if we can get the if we can continue the momentum with Eckler in the game with him out, I think that's going to be critical. So just get somebody behind him on the depth chart rolling, getting rolling early, and build some confidence because I think that's going to carry us far uh, as we, we move later into the season. You know, I'm much more excited about our running back depth this year than I was last year. Sure. But it still hasn't come up. I mean, Isaiah Spiller, I don't think, has been active a single game. I think you're right. And Sony Michelle and Joshua Kelly this year is an upgrade over Larry Roundtree, Justin Jackson. What is going on here? We need to get this run game moving. We need Matt Filer to play better. Zion Johnson yeah. has played phenomenal. He's great. I think we need to get that we shouldn't be worse in the run game this year than we were last year. There's no reason for it. It's really so we baffling. We need to get it moving. Maybe we built a little bit of confidence against Houston, uh, but still it hasn't been very efficient overall. It was more efficient than being last, you know, in, in terms of the run game. It, we, that- we need to get it going. We It opens up so much of the offense having a threat on the run and, we, we got to figure it out because if we wait until 16, 17, week 18, I mean, we're not going to be a threat throughout the playoffs. We're not going to be a threat throughout the rest of the season. We got to get it moving. Final score predictions. Ooh, let's go with keeping in the win column. I am, where are we? We need, we need a showing offensively. Um, 34 points was all right. Uh, I'm panicking. I think it is going to be kind of lower scoring than we, we saw last year. So I'm going to go 28, 20, a dominant performance from that defense. I'm thinking 28, 28, 14, give up two kind of field goals there in the end, uh, for them to kind of scrape their way. I like 28-20, but in a, a lot more dominant game for the Chargers than that score will lead lead you to believe. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that makes everybody listening mad, and I'm gonna go Uh-oh. against the Chargers. I no. just 
I still don't think we match up very well. And I we still don't. don't think we have an identity on offense with Keenan Allen out of the lineup. I know last year, Mike Williams had an outstanding game, like a, a phenomenal game. He was insane. He played so well. Denzel Ward did not play that game. Mm. The Chargers had a shootout with Baker Mayfield. And I don't think that's going to be their MO this game. I think that they are going to feed Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's going to get 25, 30 carries. You're going to get Kareem Hunt, get another Uh, 10. I think it's going to be a a 200-yard game on the ground overall between the two players. I think they're going to chew up the clock. And the Chargers are going to not be on the field offensively very long. Defense is going to get gassed, kind of like it did, uh, what was that, week three? When when they just all that clock was at eaten up by um, who do we Jags. play um, the Jags? I think it's going to be a very similar situation unless the Chargers can get out to an early lead and force them out of the pass. I think that the way you win this game, you got to get out to a lead early, three touchdown lead by halftime, force them to throw the ball to Amari Cooper. You got to shade your coverage over to Amari Cooper because he's their main threat. Let Derwin James match up on David Njoku. I think he wins that matchup nine out of ten times. I think Njoku's a, a great receiver, a great route runner. He's really a good player, but I don't think he's any match for Derwin James. You got J.C. Jackson shadowing Amari Cooper. One of the players that I am actually like really scared to see is Nasir Adderley because Nasir Adderley's tackling and angles of pursuit are just so bad. He's that pretty, yeah. He's he's the weak link on the defense right now. I think you use him to shadow over to Mari Cooper. You let Derwin James go man for man on the tight end, and Asante Samuel is gonna lock out whoever he's lined up against. Usually it's probably gonna be Peoples Jones. Uh, if we can get out to an early lead, if we can come out hot, I think this is going to be like a 35-20 game. Okay. If we come out slow and we let the Browns control the time of possession, let them control the clock, let them just grind out and beat down on the defense, the Browns are going to win you know, 21-7. And that's kind of the situation. Are we going to be able to con- – get them out of their game plan. We know what it is. We know what they like to do. Can the interior defensive line stay disciplined into their gaps? Can the linebackers stay disciplined in their gaps? Can we prevent the, the running backs from beating us? It could go one of two ways. I, I We have to get out to an early lead. And it's going to be difficult because the secondary is good. Martin Emerson, Grant Delpit, John Johnson, Greg Newsome. We haven't really talked a lot about, but Greg Newsom's a really good player in, in himself. It's it's going to be a tough game. Mike Williams is not the type of receiver who creates separation for himself, and Denzel Ward is very fast. It's a lot of it's going to be a lot of contested catches. Mike Williams really good at it, but Denzel Ward is a premier corner in this league. I'm going to make one more prediction. I do think it's going to be a grinded out type of my light level is so weird in this anyway um i think that the first court or the first half is going to be one of those grinded out kind of jockeying for momentum big play big play big play kind of thing i'm predicting a chargers special team or defensive touchdown to kind of spark that would be huge spark this team into a dominant second half 
which we have not yet seen uh, from a Staley-led team, period. So that, that that's going to be my prediction. Tough. I want to see a out. third quarter, two touchdown yes. type of quarter. Yeah. Like, I think nothing, we third period. have struggled over the last two seasons, the last decade in the third quarter, realistically speaking. We need to get that situation figured out. What is going on when we're coming out of halftime and we're just so slow? Sluggish. Like, that is yeah. that and is that's such why, an important part of our season overall. Yeah. And that's why I'm going defensive or special teams touchdown because the offense, you're expected to score. And I'm not saying that the other guys don't get excited about it, but you get extra excited for a defensive touchdown or a, a house call uh, from the return game. So I think that is the momentum spark we need. Give it to me. Padres win seven to six tomorrow in extra innings. Um, and that's that's all I got. I'll see you guys next week. I like the Padres. Yeah, I'm throwing <laughs> like it the in Padres there. Shout out. Let's go. I'm, Let's I'm go. excited. I'm excited. I probably shouldn't be, but I am. If you guys are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to come over to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. Really, really appreciate it. Once we get over to to a hundred subscribers, which we're building up to right now, we're right about seventy. Um, it allows us to kind of do some extra things and, and grow a little bit better. So please go ahead and do that. Uh, Zach, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I didn't know if you know this or not, but Sandbox Simulations free agency is going on right now. Uh, we got our all 22 league going into week five right now. I think on yeah. two and two, uh, that's been a lot of fun. We got a lot of stuff going on right now, but right now we got a football game on Sunday against an AFC opponent. Uh, this go. has implications onto our season. We, we need to win this game. We need to continue to build some momentum. Mm-hmm. As we continue to build this momentum, continue to, to listen to Shark Therapy Podcast. We'll talk to you yeah. guys next week. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.